Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Let me in real time explore my feelings for Weatherman. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy. I'm the little sister. I'm the better sister. And I was born in 1977. And my name is Jenny. I was born in 1974. And whatever Amy has to say to make herself feel better. (laughs) Whatever. So, Jen, it's a new year. Again, this is weird because it's not, but okay. It's a new (laughs) year for, for everyone listening. And we are going to start the new year with Little House on the Prairie, Season 3, Episode 11, The Blizzard. The description reads, On Christmas Eve, Miss Beetle decides to surprise the school's children by letting them go home early. This proves to be a grave mistake when the kids are trapped by a vicious blizzard outside and none of them can find their way home. As Doc Baker turns the school into a makeshift hospital for frostbite victims, the men must brave the extreme weather conditions and track down their loved ones. So we're starting the year off with a horrible blizzard. We're starting the year off with some William Claxton. Oh, yeah, he's directing, and Paul W. Cooper is the writer on this. Has he been a writer before? I think we've seen him, like, once before. Again, there's, like, a whole crop of writers that just keep cycling in and out. I still believe they are circulating an MFA program. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Like the screenwriting tract of an MFA program. They're like, (laughs) for your thesis, you have to write an episode of Little House. (laughs) Okay, so it is a new year, guys, and we just wanted to ask a huge favor. Uh, Jenny and I have been so appreciative of all the support you've shown us so far, but we still need help in growing our little podcast. So uh, any reviews you can give us, any shares, a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or I don't know, can they review on Spotify, Jenny? I don't think so. I don't know. So anywhere you can review, if you can just drop us a good review that really helps grow the podcast, it helps us to show up in suggested listens, which is a great way to get new listeners. So if you could do that, if you could help us out in any way, we'd really appreciate it. Jen, do you want to add anything? There's no, I don't see any reviews on Spotify, at least in the app. Okay. We open on a man in his long john underwear checking the weather outside. (laughs) Is this the switch guy? I thought maybe it was, but it's not. Okay. 
This man appears to live at an isolated train station called Thief River Falls. Wow. Can we speculate how that station got its name? That does not sound like a place I want to live alone. <laughs> it's not like, do you think maybe that's where the thieves get on the trains? <laughs> that's where they, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And then there's rivers there and there's falls. Wow, Amy, really deduced to that. Good job. <laughs> the man receives a telegraph warning of a very heavy snowfall coming their way. Meanwhile, there's, let me just say right up front, everybody, there's a lot of jumping back and forth with this yes. episode. A lot of it. Okay. Meanwhile, somewhere else, which we later learn is Springfield, Charles and Edwards are picking up a load of toys. They're picking up the shipment from the catalog. <laughs> Sears Roebuck, probably. <laughs> it's like the Sears catalog. <laughs> that catalog's been around a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm, I want to say 19th century. Pause. Okay, we're back. Jen, report the findings. Okay, like just looking really quickly at the review or at what came back from Google and not really digging into it. It looks like 1897 for the catalog. Like Sears is older than that, but it looks like the catalog. And what year are they in? It's probably earlier than that. It's probably like the You're 1890s. The, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so they're, they're picking up a load of toys and they keep making reference to them acting as Santa Claus. <laughs> Which was annoying. I don't know why it just was. The dude at the train station receives the telegraph as they're standing there. And he tells them it's hard to tell how much snow is coming, but it's a still long way off. He will know more, Jen, once he hears from Thief River Falls Station. Charles makes a remark about the station being super isolated. Yeah. Um, why doesn't Charles stick around to wait and see if Thief River's... Well, I thought about this too because I'm like they're not taking this very seriously. But like it snows in that area a lot. Like you know, right. it snows all the time. Like that's not they're not they're not realizing the severity of the storm. Why, un- like, why would they? Unlike the fake snow in Christmas at Plum Creek, which we covered on our Patreon in December, this snow's real. We get some real snow. Like it's not real, but it's I'm heavy. Like, this snow is asbestos. No, 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 okay. it's heavy. <laughs> okay, okay. Charles and Isaiah are delivering a rifle to some rando. I'm going to say right up front, I'm so annoyed by the amount of randos in this episode. So many randos. It's like the ultimate rando episode. I'm going to go on a rando rant later. (laughs) He tells them his kid is gone with his mom to some ladies soiree. It's it's the ladies league thing again. We're back to the ladies league. The wind is really whipping up. And the guy they are delivering the rifle to is Jim Bowers. And I wrote, why do we care? And the two children that we never saw and never hear from again. Nope. No, he has Joey as his kid. Well, there's him. There's Joey yeah. and there's another mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. I, for Henry, who we never mm-hmm. hear of again. Mm-hmm. He and Isaiah trade some barbs about hunting failures. That so clearly he knows. Awkward conversation. Clearly they know each other. Most awkward conversation. In town, we see this guy's kid. And I wrote that he's palling around with Willie, but now I'm thinking it's Henry. No, that wasn't Henry. It was Willie. No. Oh, it was no, Willie. Willie and Joey said, does your Joey. dad put yeah. this in the... Okay. Willie and Joey. Yep. Okay. All right. 
So cut back to Thief River Falls and it's already snowing. So it looks like, Jen, it's coming in sooner than I expected. I just have Lonesome Dude. <laughs> I just call him Lonesome Dude because he's just out. And then I was like, again, that would be a wonderful life. You're just in the middle of nowhere. No one can find you. No one can talk to you. Cut to Ted McGinnis and his wife, Maddie? Lottie. Lottie. Okay. She's doing some bookkeeping and he's teasing her that she works too hard and needs to go over the Olsons with the other women. They flirt, and he tells her Christmas is a time for hugging. Oh, those McGinnises. Oh, wait. We have no fucking idea who they are. (laughs) They kiss like five times. I thought they were going to make out. That was so weird, and I get what they were doing there now, but it was like, what? We don't see this kind of thing going on. Like, this was out of character. And I don't want to see that kind of thing going on unless it's Charles Ingalls season two and me photoshopped onto Caroline's body. But she's just some kind of she's she's a bookkeeper. I don't know what business this is. Do you? He runs the feed. He runs the feed. The feed store. Okay, where's the feed store? Because I always see Charles buying okay. feed. It's the store in Harvest of Friends, where Charles almost dies from stack stacking the feed. That's at Hanson's. No, 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 no. It's a cross where he was putting the roof on. Oh, and the asshole okay, owned it. That's okay. the store. Well, this is a different asshole. It's a different asshole because remember they ran that one out of town. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is the guy who took over from the original asshole that ran the feed. <laughs> yes. Hanson's got to get a lock on this shit. Yes. <laughs> okay. But Charles- bottom line, she's missing $17. So he's yeah. embezzling money from the feed. Oh, yeah. He, well, well let me, I'll get there. Hold on. Charles and Isaiah arrive back at Walnut Grove Feed and Seed, I'm calling it. I'm calling it the Feed and Seed. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out this dude who was making out with this bookkeeper wife is Henry McGinnis, and he owns the place. Charles no, and he's I- not Henry McGinnis. He's Ted McGinnis. The son is Henry. Oh, he's Ted McGinnis. I'm sorry. He owns the place. I'm sorry, guys. I can't keep the fucking rando straight. <laughs> it's pretty bad when I'm keeping them straight and you're not. Charles and, and Isaiah. I always say Isaiah, even though he's Edward. I don't know who you're talking about. I have to, like, think about it. Charles and Edwards are delivering something for Christmas. You'll know who I'm talking about when I say he pays Edwards with a jug of whiskey. <laughs> Ted McGinnis. Ted McGinnis pays. <laughs> we need to talk about Mr. Edwards. Because he's a raging alcoholic? <laughs> and he is way off that wagon. He's really like, off the wagon. His wagon is loose and running away. <laughs> Yeah, and Reverend Aldous passed out in the front of it. Oh, like, what is happening? I'm really concerned. Are they building towards something? Part yes. of me part of me does not want to give them the credit for being that sophisticated that they're building this arc in. There's no, there's no multi-episode, <laughs> multi-season arc going on here. <laughs> oh, my. Right. I just have one of the McGinnises. It's like the Star Trek guy wearing a red shirt. I'm not oh, sure yeah. which one. Oh, yeah. 100%. They all have red shirts on. Well, I wrote, we better not get all these randos unless one of them has to die. <laughs> like, they don't want to kill off a main character. They're not They're not Game of Thrones. They don't want to kill off a main character. So they have, to, they have to throw randos in as fodder. I guess. At the Olsons, Mrs. Olson is taking credit for the town Christmas party. <laughs> Now, Jen, we get some interesting information here, okay? Charles, my man, is going to deliver the sermon because Reverend Alden, my nemesis, is going to be out of town. So we have my nemesis leaving and my man stepping in. 
The only comment I have on that is what is this horror congregation of Reverend Alden? Because <laughs> he has some re- congregation on the side. Yes. Harriet makes reference, and that's another important thing that we learn, is that Reverend Alden is also the pastor. Is he a pastor? Yeah, I guess. Sure. At Sleepy Eye. And I know. He'll be, he'll be spending Christmas with them. We also learned that Sleepy Eye either has less people or is cheaper than Walnut Grove. <laughs> right, because Harriet, Harriet does the old, uh, well, we keep your congregation afloat with our money. And my question is, how do you have less people than Walnut Grove? Is there six people that live in Sleepy Eye? <laughs> how small are these towns getting? Sleepy Eye gets shipments and stuff. Don't they have a friggin' saloon? They've got to be bigger yeah. than Walnut Grove. Yeah, Sleepy Eye has a saloon, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Jenny, no, or was it Mankato that had it? Mankato has the saloon. Jenny, you know what we should do? When we build up our patrons, when enough of you listening subscribe to our Patreon feed to get extra bonus content, Jenny and I will go on a tour of these sites. I'm not going to Minnesota. Where is this? Minnesota? <laughs> God, okay. I'm making Jenny go to Minnesota. So if that is not reason enough to subscribe to our Patreon, I don't know what is. Okay. Not to mention none of these towns exist anymore. But we'll just figure it out. I mean, they exist. They exist. Or they were. They're just not the same. But they exist. (laughs) Okay. So, Jen, Grace also makes a comment that she's going to struggle to keep Edwards out of the presence tonight. And I'm like, "Mm, just give him a jug of hooch. Yeah, just put the jug of hooch across the... Why are they painting eggs? If anyone knows about this thing, Stacy, (laughs) why are they painting eggs? It's not Easter. Okay, at school, Miss Beetle is having the kids make presents for their parents. There you go, Jen. You were all pissed off. I'm still okay. A couple things here. Finally, they're making fucking presents for their parents. Thank God. And can we get some some of that music? Carrie is in school. What? Carrie's only visiting. <laughs> I didn't know that at this moment. <laughs> I was like, Carrie is in school. It's a fucking Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Okay. Jen, one thing that Laura did, she's making a calendar. And Mary narks her out that she moved a month around to make her birthday more prominent. In I mean, the calendar. She wants Miss Beetle to know that Laura's not as stupid as it seems. And I have to tell you something. I feel seen because no <laughs> one makes a bigger deal about their birthday than me. <laughs> I make a huge deal out of my birthday. I don't apologize for it. It's the one day of the year I get. And I make a big deal of it. Don't you get Mother's Day? <sighs> yeah. <okay. laughs> All right. Jen, Willie's eating paste. I'm worried about him. <laughs> Willie, man. Miss Beetle's like passing around paste and Jen, she can't find it. And Willie turns around, he's got all over his mouth like a like a Coke binge or something. <laughs> like so, Robert Downey Jr. on a Thursday night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> he's clean. He's clean. <laughs> but um Willie's not, and he's eating paste. And I have a couple questions because I'm not really up on homemade drugs. Why okay, do you first of all, this is not homemade drugs. This is homemade school paste. Why do you eat paste? Does it get you high in some way? Or are you just an idiot? What's happening? I don't think it gets you high, no. I think, no, it's, I think it's tasty. 
I don't know. Like, what is the reason? Pause. We're back. We're back. Jenny, <laughs> report the findings. So according to mominformed.com, so go after them, people, not me. <laughs> First, they may do this as a sign of defiance. Mm. And secondly, they may eat it for attention. They may also be eating glue out of stress. <laughs> it's edible. Like at this time, I was probably made of something like cornstarch and vinegar. And like, it's I not. Just, I can't with this. It's so weird and random. So Willie is sent to the corner because he's eating paste. Well, because he lied. That's why I sent to the corner. Right. So, um, well, if he said yes, I think she still would have sent him to the corner. For eating the paste. Yeah. But he got sent to the corner probably because he lied and eat and ate the paste. Yeah. So Willie notices it's snowing and the kids get all crazy and exciting, even though excited, even though they live in fucking Minnesota. They act like they've never seen snow before. So I have an index card. <laughs> On what? On major US blizzards. You couldn't do a fucking index card. Oh, I should watch my mouth. You couldn't do an index what? card. Are you suddenly watching your mouth? <laughs> but why? I say the F word all the time. You can't, you didn't do an index card on paste and why he's eating it. I just did the index card on paste. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. So from the history channel.com and live science.com. So let me just say something for them first. <laughs> I love extreme weather, so I'm all into this one. Go ahead. I know. So I just, there's so many big blizzards. There's tons of huge ones. I just did notable ones or ones that hit, like that impact us in some way or or infamous in some way. Mm -hmm. So the children's blizzard of 1888. So that's this one. So this is a real blizzard that happened. It did happen in January, not at Christmas time. So they must have, you know, just done that for the series. But it was on January 12th, 1888 in Dakota Territory in Nebraska. It was 40 degrees in the daytime and went to negative 40 at night. 235 kids died, and it's called the schoolhouse or children's blizzard because kids were in school at the time. A lot of them were dismissed early because it started, it was kind of warm and it started to snow really lightly, and people thought it was no big deal. So this is based on a true event. Wow. It just wasn't at Christmas. Okay. I bet you this is in the books. So then um, the Great White Hurricane was in March of 1888, same year. 30 to 40 inches of snow fell in Connecticut, New Jersey, Massachusetts, like the whole Northeast. Drifts up to 50 feet. 200 ships were sunk because of the waves. 400 people died. 200 in New York City alone because of the massive gridlock that was caused and people getting stranded. In the decade that followed, partially in response to the storm, New York and Boston broke ground on the first underground subways. Wow. I got two more. Ones that you'll remember. Wait, let me see if I guess them. Hurricanes we're talking? Blizzards. Blizzards. Blizzards of 95 or was it 93? 93 was the first one. Storm of the century. Mm -hmm. And then one was... Well, let me me go into Storm of the Century. So Storm of the Century was from Florida to Maine. So the whole eastern seaboard was impacted by snow. 20 inches of snow in New York. 300 dead. Six to eight billion dollars in damage. But this is a notable storm because it was the first time... A governor could call a state of emergency before a single snowflake fell due to new sophisticated advances in computer modeling. The National Weather Service was able to issue a blizzard warning two days in advance. I didn't realize it was that long before they could do the advanced modeling. Yeah, I didn't know that either. 
That was my first spring break. That's why I remember that one. I remember because we had like five days off of school. Yeah. I was literally on school break that on spring break that we got. Oh. It was my first year of college. It was March 12th through the 15th. Yep. I was literally off that week. Yeah. So I didn't yep. get any kind of benefit from this friggin' blizzard. Mm. And then in January of 1996, you remember this one, the blizzard of 96. Yeah. 17 to 30 inches of snow on the Eastern seaboard, but the temperatures rose really quickly and massive flooding. Everything flooded. After. Yep. I was away at school. Remember Graham had to come live with you guys? Yeah. Graham's apartment. She, my Graham lived close to the Lackawanna river and it came, it went over her banks. Yeah. And then we had, um, I didn't go into these, but I thought they were great names. We started getting really creative with the names like later on. So 2010, remember Thunderstorm? Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then 2018, the bomb cyclone. The bomb cyclone, yes. In 2019, AIM? The polar vortex. The polar vortex. Mm-hmm. Where Timmy was building bridges. <laughs> <laughs> building bridges in the polar vortex. Okay. So we got a blizzard, a real blizzard coming down. Miss Beetle doesn't know yet. It's 3 p.m. Miss Beetle sees the snow, but doesn't know about the blizzard warning. She thinks she can dismiss the kids early and they'll get home before any real snow falls. Everything she knows is wrong. Yes. Everything. Do you see, do you see what I'm doing yes, there? I do. Everything. The Titanic. She knows. I'm doing the Titanic thing. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. Carrie's not in school. That's what we just learned. Carrie is visiting. Why? When Miss Beetle said, I'm so glad Carrie could join us today. I was like, no, no. I she was in school. <laughs> she's like five. Why isn't she in school? Oh, I'm going to get more into Carrie. <sighs> At the mill, Charles and Edwards are putting together rocking horses. And I messaged mom to ask her if we had a rocking horse. And she said, no, I think we did. She said, no, we had one. It was at Graham's house. It was at Graham's house. Remember, no, it was like that spring? was the springy thing. That's that like a that was a modern day, but that was what it was supposed to be. Okay. Edwards goes out to check the wagon, and he sees that it's snowing. And Charles is all like, "Okay, let's go pick up the kids at school." And what does Edwards want to do, Jen? Drink. Yeah, he's just focused on going to stop and see McGinnis again. Because when he stopped to see McGinnis, McGinnis pulled out the whiskey jug. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm worried about him. I know this is. This is taking a turn. And he doesn't just say that once. Oh, I know. He and says he has it. a bottle. He has a bottle in his coat. I'm getting there. It's really bad, guys. Like, this is this is bad. <laughs> They're going to need an intervention. Okay. So at the school, we see Miss Beetle dismissing them. And now we have a pretty decent snowstorm, and the kids begin their long, arduous journey home. So it's 3.15 p.m. The blizzard conditions are in Springfield, but it's too late. The kids are already dismissed and heading north-northwest at three miles an hour. Okay, Jenny. (laughs) Jenny, what does this remind you of, walking home in a snowstorm? This reminds me of some blizzard in like 86-ish time zone. And I walked home from school. I got out fairly early and walked home. And then you were younger. You were in elementary school. And mom was working, and she sent Graham to pick you and your friend Marissa up and Graham put plastic. No, wait. And Graham, Graham drove a huge Pontiac Catalina with rear wheel drive. And no one had, had snow stuff on because no. it was a totally unexpected thing. So she couldn't get up the hill. Because <laughs> so it was she- rear wheel drive. For some reason. And I tried to explain this story to my husband, Timmy, last night. I'm like, she brought plastic bags and she put them around our shoes. And then we were just slipping and falling all over the place. <laughs> Don't 
don't be fooled. She always had plastic bags on her. It's right. not like. But yeah. we couldn't figure out what the motive was. To keep your feet dry. Because the worst, as you can see, as you can see later, the worst thing that could happen is your feet get wet. Okay. Well, we were walking two city blocks. I mean. I, it was an over-exaggeration. Okay. Timmy also wanted to know. Do we have a definite answer on how far it is from town to the Ingalls farm? There, I couldn't find definitive answer, but it looks to be about a mile. Okay. I thought it was about two. I think it's like a mile to Ingalls. Okay. All right. Okay. But that's far to walk in a fucking blizzard. I had to walk home from a bar in a blizzard once. Oh, you poor thing. Okay, Jen, at Olson's, the women are leaving their party planning committee. I wrote the party planning committee, like the office. It is the women's league. It's a party planning committee. All right, whatever. And they head over to the school to pick up the kids. And this scene, like they walk in and the kids are gone. And Miss Beetle's like, oh, fuck. Look at, why didn't Miss Beetle go tell someone that, hey, guys, look, it's snowing. I let the kids go. Like they could have had a 20 minute head start on this. Yeah. Beetle is crying. She's so sorry. <laughs> And the mothers are pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Charles comes in and he does this like, I guess I have to go look for these kids again. I can't tell you how many times Charles has organized a search party. Well, I just have in giant capital letters, hero fucking mode, hero squad time. Where's that engineer? Oh my God. So suddenly, Jen, Charles comes in. He realizes he needs to go get the kids. He's rounding up all the men in town. A tree bursts through the school window. Yep. And who handles it? Carolyn. Yep. Mm-hmm. She is badass, man. I'd send her out there to find those kids. I know. Because she wouldn't quit until they were back. Okay. Charles is like, women folk, you stay in the church. Okay. The girls, we, we cut to the Ingalls girls, and they're struggling to walk. And Laura drops her gift, her beautiful handmade gift. And Mary's like, fuck it. Let's just keep going. I'm just going to say this right now. I get to this later in my notes. But since you're going there, Mary <laughs> saved their fucking lives. <laughs> Laura and Carrie would have been dead in the snow. They would have been. There's a part where Laura's like, Carrie can't go on. Like, I guess we're done. I guess it's over. <laughs> so, so Carrie really was the problem. No, but Laura was like, okay, like, oh, my gift. I have to go pick that up. Like, screw well, our lives. I'm glad Mary's good for something. She okay. saved their freaking mm-hmm. lives. Hi, everyone. Amy and Jenny here. We just want to talk to you today about a giveaway that we're going to be doing. We are going to be asking for your input and surveying our listeners through social media and through our website. So if you don't have social media, you can find our survey on our website, but I will also be throwing it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. Jen, why don't you tell them a little bit about the survey? This is just going to be a quick survey to just get some ideas of things like where you guys found us, what type of content you listen to. Very quick, like three questions, nothing nothing crazy. Uh, We will collect your email address, but that's just to contact the winner. Um, We will have other options there for you to opt into if you want to, but uh, for the purposes of the contest, we will just be contact using that to contact the winner. So if you could just give us five minutes of your time and give us some feedback, we'd really appreciate it. As you guys know, we've been working really hard to grow the podcast. So we want to know from you the things that you would like to maybe see in the future and how you're finding us, like Jenny said, and and kind of, you know, where we're going to go from here. 
So what are you going to win, you might ask? So as you remember, we were promoting the Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, the documentary that was on HBO Max, which I heard was great. So we promoted that, and in exchange for us promoting it, they gave us a few albums. And we're going to give them to you. So we have two of these albums, and they are called the Bee Gees Main Course. And Jenny, tell everybody a few of the songs that are on them. So this has Jive Talking, Winds of Change, Fanny, Be Tender with My Love, Come On Over, Edge of the Universe. Some good stuff. Nights on Broadway. Okay, good stuff. So all you have to do to enter to win one of these albums is to take our quick survey. So I know Amy's is not Amy is not a detail person. So let me give you the details on that. The contest will open January 1st, 2021. And you can, and anyone who enters the contest between January 1st and January 30th will be eligible. It will be a random drawing from all those who have entered. What about people who enter on January 31st? Is there a 31st in January? (laughs) That would be January 31st. (laughs) Yes. I love it when she screws up. It's so seldom happens. So fill out the survey between January 1st, January 31st. You're entered to win one of two albums. We have two copies of this. Yep. We actually had three, but we're giving one to our dad because <laughs> like he deserves it. He puts up with us, although not a patron yet. No, no. We were supposed yeah. to shame him about that. We're going to shame mom. him. Neither one of our parents have signed up for our Patreon. That's yeah, we're going to shame them. We're going to shame them publicly soon. All right. So thanks a lot and look for that link. So the men are getting ready to go looking. And I wrote that Hanson seems to be organizing this effort. A little bit. A little bit. They're at the Olsons gearing up when Doc Baker walks in. Lord. Okay. I don't mean to laugh, but the appearance (laughs) of these frozen kids gets really funny throughout the episode. Before the frozen kids. That Ted, oh my God, I can't believe I just say that. That Ted McGintis dude is being a total D-bag. And he's like, I don't need a winter coat, Nels. I don't need, I got this spring jacket. I'm good. He's pulling a, who was the president that to prove his... Veracity gave his Teddy Roosevelt sounds like Teddy Roosevelt. No, no, no. gave his inaugural speech outside of William Henry Harrison. Yes, and died within like (laughs) seventeen days. I was like, sounds like Teddy Roosevelt, but he was survived. William Henry Harrison. He 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 died in the first month of office. Yeah, he pulled the William Henry Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay, dies. So so Doc Baker walks in. He's found three kids almost frozen by the roadside. So they're like, okay, that's three. They have to find like 18. <laughs> All right. Then we see the car. Three frozen kids. Okay. Listen up. Come closer. Come closer, listeners. If you're going to be offended by us laughing in front of the kids, turn it off now. They're <laughs> fine. No one lost even a toe. They're fine. They're right. Fine. Right. Yes. They're all fine and they are not real children. We would not be laughing at real They're real children. children. They're not really frozen. <laughs> okay. At the school, Doc Baker arrives with supplies and starts giving the kids some whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Like, Let's get these kids drunk. Okay. Doc decides he's going to make an announcement. Jen, he actually disperses a little bit of medical advice here. He starts educating the mothers what to do with frostbite. And I never thought I would say this. He handles this well. No, he doesn't because you notice they cut scene before he gives any actual advice because he doesn't know. (laughs) Is that your theory? Yeah. He's like, I want you to listen to me very carefully. Cut scene. 
I want you to listen. So what are you imagining he said there? Everybody gets a sip of this whiskey. I can tell you what he said because here's what he does when the first victim comes in. He rubs them a little bit and says they'll be fine. That's not even, that's not, that's magic. It's not science. He has no idea. Give them some whiskey, rub their shirt a little bit. They're good. Put a blanket on them. Good luck. Okay. Pom Edwards are out yelling for the kids and Carrie is crying. Leave Carrie. Leave Carrie. That's what I say. (laughs) But this is, I have to say, Mary's militants is going to save their life. Jenny, did you notice something real subtle? What? Who's Paul yelling for? He's yelling, Mary, Laura, never says Carrie. He's like, like, those two have to be alive or Carrie's not going to be alive. Like, (laughs) they know that they have to save her. All right. At the school, Doc Baker's handing out opium now. Yeah, now he's drugging kids. So not only are they drinking, now he's giving them opium. And Willie comforts Miss Beetle, and I thought that was really cute. I know. After everything, after all the unjust persecution. Yep. Yep. Maybe it's like a situation where you fall in love with your um, captor. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, maybe it's that kind of thing. <laughs> All right, we hear <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> Again, hear, this kid is not really frozen. We hear a <laughs> like a thump. <laughs> we go outside. <laughs> frozen kid. <laughs> Henry has thrown himself against the door. <laughs> Henry just flung himself again. He made it all the way back to the school and just couldn't muster a knock. He just flung himself on the door. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> frozen kid number four. Doc Baker starts rubbing. <laughs> he just rubs his shirt a little and goes, he'll be fine. Oh, doesn't look at his toes. Doesn't look at his feet. Nothing. He'll be okay. fine. This kid is Henry McGinnis, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So now we're looking for the other kid, Joey. Joey. Rando with the rifle delivery from earlier. Then I thought, oh, my God, Joey's wearing the red shirt, maybe. (laughs) Fucking knows. And then I wrote, one of these randos better die. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the only way you have to use them to advance the plot, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Laura and Mary are fighting over which way to go, and they're nowhere near home. And at because, one, of course, they manage to have a fight in the middle of a blizzard. At one point, Jen, Mary says to Laura, just help me with your sister. Your sister? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss that. Yep. Well, Mary knows that they're not going to make it home. They don't need to go home. They just need to find shelter. Correct. Like, Mary's like, this is this is serious. We have to find some kind of shelter. We're not going to make it home. And I want to back up one second because I didn't read it, even though I made note of it. I thought that they split off from Carl's Jr. and Alicia. Yes, they did. And yes, I they did. And Alicia's like, I can't go on. And this is when there's an engine no, no, on the ground. Not at first, because Alicia was like all militant and marching silently alongside Carl's Jr. When Carrie was like, ah, <laughs> I can't go on. So there we go. But then at some point, Alicia's like, I can't go on. Yeah. But I mean, at some point, all of them were saying that except Mary. Yes. Okay. Mary's like, shut the fuck up and move. Yes. 
So the two randos are out and they find <laughs> they find Joey. There's some subpar hero mode shit going on here. They find Joey, uh, kid number five, frozen face <laughs> down in the snow. And I wrote, this kid would be dead. There's no <laughs> way. He's been out there for 25 well, minutes. Well, well, at first, when they when they pick, you could tell it's a dummy when they pick it up at first. <laughs> it's like so obvious that's a doll. So his father takes him back into town, leaving McGinnis out there alone with no yeah. coat on. And when he has a spring coat on. Mary now tells Laura they're near an old farm with a shed, but Carrie is weighing them down. She says she can't go any further, and Mary's like, you better fucking get up and march to that goddamn shed. All I have to say is, is Laura's like, Carrie can't go on anymore, and and this is not an acceptable answer, Laura. Like, Mary has no lieutenants, no sergeants. This is a mess. It's a mess. She's on her own here. And Laura just turns around and like, Carrie can't go on anymore. Like, what's your plan, Laura? You're just going to sit there and die? Well, <laughs> Jen, Grace is starting to lose it. This this pissed me off so much. Now we go back again to the rando Jim Fleming, who brings Joey in, and they realize McGinnis is out there by himself looking for Henry, who's already at the school. Remember, but how was anyone going to know that? No right. one's going to know that. Right. Right. And I just wrote, "Why the fuck do we care about this?" Well, and mm. she's like, "The what's her name, Lottie? Lottie." It's like, "Where's my husband?" It's like. There are like six children missing. Your husband is a grown ass man. Like, yep, yep. yep. He has to take care of himself. The Ingalls girls get to the shed and it's about time. Mary's trying to light a candle and it's painful to watch. Thank you, Captain Mary, because she has a fucking candle and a match. Thank God for big sisters. Okay, but here's what she's doing. Do you notice she's striking the match and then holding it up and kind of looking at it? And the wind is blowing it out. That is for cinematic effect she would not actually be doing that they take okay so they decide to build a fire in this pretty much tinder box yeah they're gonna have like this is dicey but they have they have no option they have to get warm they have they they build a fire and they take carrie's shoes off Uh, i'm like this might backfire no they had to get the water off them that was good dry them out get them warm that's the right thing to do Charles and edwards meanwhile are, are hot on their trail but they almost turn and go back and then charles spots Laura's brilliantly placed calendar on the ground. This is the second time that Edwards and Charles find Laura's litter. Yep. Yep. Then we see McGinnis collapsing. <laughs> okay. I laugh at that either. Then Charles he, and Edwards, but he faded faster than Carrie. He really did. Charles and Edwards find the girls. And I wrote, of course, Charles' kids are in shelter with the fire lit. Because Mary took over that fucking situation. Whatever. You and your Mary. Whatever. If Laura didn't drop that calendar, they would have. They, they would have lived still. Yeah. All right. So Jen Charles has to make a decision. He has to leave his ride or die. I know. It's, I know. It's a tough decision because Carl's Jr. and Alicia are still out there, and I Edward's know. like, I have to go get my kids. But what's Charles going to do? He can't drag these three kids on a search for more kids. Do you think he did the right thing? I mean, if I were Charles, I don't know the situation. I guess they had a problem with they're running out of fuel and shit for mm-hmm. the lamps. Mm-hmm. But I would have dropped those kids off and went back out looking for Edwards. You've gone to sleep on a church pew. I know, right? Like, mm-hmm. we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So back at the school, Nels and Hanson show up. <laughs> and 
Nels falls asleep from what Hansen calls, quote, total exhaustion. Nels passes out cold. It's weird. They tell Hansen and Nels the only kids missing at this point now are the Ingalls and Edwards kids. Yes. Okay. The Ingalls are walking when they find McGinnis dead. <laughs> I know. I'm like, have they seen more, more dead people than this? I feel like they have. 100%. Okay, so the rando served a purpose. It could have been handled way better, but I'm I'm going to try not to rant about that. Back at school, oh, I wrote Doc Naker. Doc Baker. Okay. Doc Baker, Jenny's boyfriend, is handing out <laughs> alcohol and opium. <laughs> I mean, maybe he is my boyfriend if he's handing out alcohol and opium. Caroline and Grace show, Caroline and Grace are growing anxious. Okay. Grace freaks out and Doc Baker manhandles her. This whole, this whole trope, is that what we're calling this? This whole trope of like women going into hysteria over a tough situation is really starting to piss me off. Jenny, I didn't know if the actors knew what to do with this physicality here because they look like they're going to hug. Then she pushes him away. Then he tries to hug, hold her head to his chest. But that whole, the whole uh, breakdown thing. Hashtag Amy's copyright laws. I have it taped. I'm putting it in the Mimi bees. If you don't know what the Mimi bees are, it's our Facebook group. Join us. We talk about little house on the prairie. It's a lot of fun. So I'm going to put this in there and you guys judge for yourself. Did these actors play this well or was it just a colossal? Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. But it's like they just, this isn't, these people are stronger than this. I'm sorry. These women are stronger than this. So Jen, just then who shows up? Charles. Yep. Charles looking all hot with the rescued children. I can't believe he's abandoning Edwards after all these fucking times that Edwards was ride or die on the Laura searches. I wrote, now will Charles go back out? I mean, his ride or die is still out there. He doesn't. This is not the Christmas Eve they hoped for. He does not. Meanwhile, we hear Doc Baker tell Lottie that McGinnis is dead. Yeah. Okay. You think that's going to play into the story later, but it doesn't. Okay. Later, Charles is sleeping when he wakes up to realize the blizzard is over. Dawn has broken. Funniest part of this scene, Miss Beetle sleeping at her desk. Because <laughs> <laughs> she never leaves her desk. <laughs> just then, Edward- get up losers. You dropped the ball on this one. Just then, Edwards walks in with the kids. Not a chill on them, Jen. They look warm. They look flush. And I wrote, oh, because they're drunk. Well, he must have found a place to hunker down for the night, obviously. He whips the bottle out, and he's like, the kids are going to have a hangover, and the bottle's empty. Yeah. Wow. I thought when you're – maybe people were just telling me this so I wouldn't be drunk in the snow, but I thought when you drank a lot and you were drunk, your blood actually thinned, and you had more of a danger of freezing to death. Well, we can solve that. You know how. Put a blanket on? Try it out. Yeah, that's list of feats. <laughs> Who's going, Timmy? Let's put Timmy outside and get him drunk. We'll get Timmy drunk. We'll put him outside overnight. If he survives, <laughs> then we'll put him out there sober overnight. <laughs> See which one was more comfortable. We have to make sure we do that in the right order, though. That's yeah, I'd be sober first. Yeah. Okay. So everyone is celebrating. Everyone's laughing, and then Charles notices McGinnis's are all somber and shit because the husband and the father's dead. And that look, that just long stare that he gives them is so weird. Uh-huh. 
Charles then runs over, grabs the Bible, and starts reading the, the, I call it Jesus's origin story. What is it? (laughs) Jesus's origin story. Yeah, that's it. And then I wrote, oh, right, that's Christmas. And that's it. Episode's over. That's it. Now, this infuriated me. I was angry watching this episode because why wouldn't you attach? Okay, so somebody had to die, right? Well, I guess. Okay. Yeah. To, to ratchet up the severity of the situation. Somebody had to die. Why couldn't it be like the the neighbor with the cow or the Mark Twain gun salesman's kid or like somebody we knew tangentially? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. does it have to be more randos? Yeah, like Miss Whipple. Yeah, like I was going to say Miss <laughs> Whipple's kid, but then I realized he's already, he's already dead. dead. <laughs> but like, just somebody, like somebody attached who's, you've woven them in the story a little bit. Well, it's also interesting that they killed an adult in this story when that's not what happened at all during this blizzard. Like well, it was kids that died in this It is 1970s America. They're probably not going to kill a kid. I mean, it's what happened. It's history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, fair. But I was really irate with that. Like, just, it made me think about how, and we've talked about this before, like how great when HBO came on the scene shows are. How sophisticated screenwriting is now. Compared to this. Oh, for TV. Yeah, because, I mean, it was always yeah. good for movies, but yeah. it, it made its way into the small screen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you would you have to start to introduce us to these characters, and then we're a little bit invested in them. Yeah, because it's, we don't care. We don't even know these people. No, I couldn't even remember their names, and I, I didn't even give a shit about it. Yeah. It but was that really- was also a thing, you know, with, like, the 70s and 80s show. Like, remember when Game of Thrones came out and they killed... All right, this is a spoiler for you. I'm sorry. This has been out... What the fuck? Listen, even the traffic in your background... This has been out for a long time. Just say a major character. Just say a major character. Like, was it episode one, season one? I think it was, like, season one, episode three. three. They kill the character who you think is the most Bane character. And you're just like, damn. (laughs) Like, wow. Like, a whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take the chance. Yeah. Like, okay. it would have, like what if Miss Beetle went out looking for them and died? Like, that would be, like, wow. Like, that would be a story. Ooh, remember Miss Beetle's boyfriend, the one who almost sex trafficked Mary? The dandy dude? Yeah, what if he went out and died? Like, yeah, at least if- we knew him. At least we, we had some. <laughs> what if he went out and died? <laughs> okay. All right. You just you just get so much more invested in the storyline when you can weave these characters through. The hell that we get sent to is going to be a frozen, like Dante's hell. Yeah. We'll you know that, that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Jenny, uh, at the end of every episode, I ask you this question. Whose fault is this? So, I wanted to blame this on Reverend Alden somehow. Ooh, good one. Because he's out of town. But, it's you know whose fault it is? You probably the same thing I do. Go ahead. It's Hanson's fault. Oh, Hanson's fault. Okay. <laughs> Why don't they have a telegram station in Walnut Grove that's getting these severe weather warnings? They do. Where? Where? Oh, how did no one know about it? Somebody operates. I remember it well. Somebody operates it. 
But I think they just send. Like, I don't think they're just sitting there listening for, like, there's no one just sitting there listening for emergencies like they are at the switch houses. Well, I'm going to do you one better. I blame the fucking weathermen again. Okay, they have. As I did in our time capsule episode, The Challenger. You stay off of weatherman. This is not their fault. Because as we saw, it wasn't until 1993 that they had sophisticated enough computer models to be able to predict these things days ahead of time. You can't just be like, snow's coming. You got to give us something. Okay. Okay. Wow, you just conceded there. Uh, you believe what you want to believe. <laughs> All right. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back at a lesson or a theme or something we took from the original airing of this, like when we saw it when we were kids, or something we noticed on the rewatch and it's designed to finish the statement, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why I respect, admire, some may even say have hero worship for meteorologists, meteorologists, weathermen, and storm reporters. Oh, come on. From my Weather Channel days in the 90s to Sam Champion to Anderson Cooper. Oh, when they would tether <laughs> Anderson Cooper to something. And I love weathermen. There. I respect and love weathermen. And they save our lives every day. And no one no one gives them the credit they deserve. I don't hate weathermen. It's just when they get it this wrong, it can be a problem. They didn't get it wrong. They didn't. And how did they get it wrong? They were okay. sending blizzard warnings all over the place. Okay. No, no, no. Let I me, don't even know if there actually was weatherman at this point. Let me in real time explore my feelings for weatherman. <laughs> I don't think meteorologists are the scientists that figure right. this out. I don't hate meteorologists. I don't like when people take their word as gospel because it is such an unpredictable science. But you were arguing exactly the opposite thing in the Challenger No, episode. I wasn't. I was saying, why were they canceling the entire flight because a weatherman said it was going to snow? Right. Right. They were canceling because of the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they just used that as an excuse. Like I think we should we should under we should understand weather for weather predicting for what it is. Now it's fact science. There's a huge margin of error in, in weather predicting. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not angry at the weather people themselves. You're you're you you have a problem with the faith we have in it. Yes. Yes. I mean, so what are you going to do? So there's a blizzard warning. Are you going to just be like, I, I there's a 50% chance this is going to happen, so I'm going to ignore it? Well, no, I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself because you I are. am serious <laughs> weathermen in Walnut Crow. You are. <laughs> I just, maybe I have a whole distrust for the entire meteorology. Aim, is weather your Carrie's turkey? <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on to my why, Good. which also involves a profession. Okay. This is why being a teacher is a thankless fucking oh, yeah, It 100% is. I agree. And, and especially now. You're damned if you yep. do, damned if you yep. don't. Do not get me started on how underappreciated teachers are. Yep. I agree. Miss Beetle did what she thought was this right. This is not her fault. This is not her fault. Not her fault. And neither one of us blamed her. And I'm proud of us for that. Yeah. No, it's upsetting. It's unfortunate, but totally not her fault. Like totally there was light flurries. Like, let me tell you something else. If she had kept those kids there, some bitch would have said, you should have let them out early to get them home before the snow started. Yeah. You just yeah you're just damned if you do. Damned if you don't. And if you live in an area where it snows, we, Jenny and I grew up in the Northeast. I am currently still in the Northeast. So is she. 
We see this all the time. The schools cancel. People are on Facebook. Oh, what we have to cancel? In our day, we walked to school in three feet of snow. Which we did not. We did not. But, you know, and then if we don't cancel and it snows, people are screaming that they're risking their lives. It's like you just, you can't get anything right. Schools cannot get anything right. Teachers cannot get anything right. Miss Beetle made a judgment call. Yeah. Her heart was in the right place. I'm defending her on that. But to, like, be pissed at her was terrible. That was horrible. I don't know if they were exactly pissed at her. They weren't, but they weren't. Like, they, Willie was the only one, the only adult in the room that was like, this isn't your fault. Like, they should have, they should have brought her into the circle. I feel like they kind of did it. Yeah. Like, they weren't blaming her, but they kind of were with their silence. And, And we see this today. As of this recording, we are still in this pandemic. Oh, my God. And these teachers, like, even the school districts, they're trying to do the best they can. They don't know what to do here. Like in my district, it's a big fight over, do we send the kids hybrid using social distancing, blah, 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 or do we send them all virtual? And I understand why parents are crazy upset about their kids not being in school, especially if your kid has an IEP or needs some kind of extra Mm -hmm. assistance. Man, that's got to be difficult to to have them at home trying to learn virtually. But like, what do we do if that same kid goes to school and gets sick? God forbid it's the school's fault then too. There's no good answers. There's no good answers. There's no good answers. And and I love how I think it was Brene Brown said, you know, same storm, different boats. Are you, are you all Brene Brown? No, I don't like her at all, but I like that saying. I don't hate her. I don't hate her either, but, but I'm, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not interesting. That, that was my like therapy journey like 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm not into that, but, um, I, but I think like, I think I do like that. She expression. Has a, I think she has a good message. Like I, 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 I just, yeah. I don't know. But I like that expression because it's true and we yeah. all need to be, you know, patient with teachers right now. Jenny, I can't even tell you I'm, I'm out here in the kitchen streaming with my classes, trying to teach online. My kids are in their rooms trying to learn online. Oh, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a nightmare for everyone. It's a nightmare for parents. It's a nightmare for teachers. Like, total and complete nightmare. And I think people think teachers are somehow getting a break teaching online. Teaching online is 10 times more time-consuming and difficult than teaching in person, period. No one's getting a break in this. No one's getting a break. Nope. So that's my teacher rant. No, I think that's on point mm-hmm. it's a thankless job and look at even in the late 19th century it was yep. a thankless job poor beetle all right jenny why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next so next episode is uh episode 12 i'll ride the wind mm. so if you don't know this one john jr's back he receives a four-year scholarship to a university in chicago and i he guess does. he decide. i guess they decide they're gonna get married and then him and Mary. And then for some reason he has to choose between her and the scholarship, which I don't get, but whatever. We'll scholarship. Does I don't know why he has to choose. Why don't they just wait four years? Scholarship. Why don't they just wait four years? Or why don't they get married and he goes to school? Like, I don't understand why it's a, this or that. For poetry scholarship. I bet you he is. Oh God. I'll ride the wind is probably a poetry line. I'll tell you. Yeah, it feels like it is. It feels like it's like, um, 
Because there's no way Michael Landon's coming up with that title for the episode. It's like too like Frost or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up on Patreon for this month? Oh so God, last I have to month, into all of my documentation here. Okay. Last month we did Christmas at Plum Creek. We did Die Hard, the best Christmas movie ever. And we did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So if you sign up for Patreon for this month, you will have access to all of that. All of our back catalog. And what's coming up in January, Jen? So in January, we're doing Class Action Park. Time Capsule. So that is a time capsule. So we do we cover the uh, documentary that is on HBO. Mm-hmm. And that is fucking bonkers. So it I is. highly recommend that even if you don't know, if you didn't grow up in the Northeast and you don't know action park, um, don't worry. Super entertaining. You'll it's, it's really, we all know it really that. represents the eighties and the kind of shit that went down in the eighties. So I think you'll appreciate it no matter what, even if you don't know it, even if you didn't know action park, we all had an action park. Yeah, like you'll, you'll recognize this world. And we also have coming up, um, we're doing a release for, the year end 2020, right, Aim? Like the best yeah. of? That will be we, real soon. We need to come up with a snappy name for that. Like, it's like a year in review, but year we have to. Review. Like the Dundies. A rewind? 2020 Rewind? Oh, God. Maybe. Uh-huh. Right. But that will be soon. That will be this week or next week. So that's coming yep. up real soon. And that's going to be on the regular feed for everyone. That's for everyone. Yep. Yeah. But if you want. The bonus content that we just mentioned, Class Action Park, The Christmas at Plum Creek, Die Hard, National Influence uh, Christmas Vacation. Join our Patreon. It's $5 a month and you get access to all of that. And if you upgrade to hero mode, you get some little extra things. So it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Gen X This Is Why. Or you could go to our main website, Gen X This Is Why, where you can find find everything. And I have to say, the Christmas at Plum Creek, I flip out about Bunny. Yeah, I mean, it's, the price of admission right there. Yep, she has a Bunny rant. <laughs> I, I've said my piece. I'm done. <laughs> Are we letting it go? I mean, Bunny's literally dead. I think I'm gonna let it go. Are we gonna let her die? Him I had die. my say. Him, him. I had my say. Okay. All right. Okay. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisisy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.